0: hey what's up everybody it's your favorite quarterback hater robert Mathis, and you're listening to the
1: for the culture
0: podcast
1: this is the fourth the podcast i'm your host Luke diamond with my man jason spears in the seventh round with the 229th overall pick this pick coming from new orleans we made the trade back in the sixth round and we got an additional seventh round pick and with pick 229 the indianapolis colts select mike strawn wide receiver charleston so Wide receiver depth, this is not like an Eli Moore late first, early second that we were rumored to be interested in if pay didn't fall. This is not a guy who's automatically going to make the roster, kind of like the Sam Ellinger pick. This is a depth pick, it's a backup pick, and it's also a competition pick, a guy who's going to compete to make the roster. You look at last year, late round, I think in the sixth round last year, we drafted Desmond Patman. He was on the roster all year. He was on the 53-man roster, dressed late in the season. I think he dressed maybe week 16 last year, late in the season, but he was a guy who we never cut, we never released, we never got him to the practice squad. He was on the 53-man roster last year, just wasn't dressing on Sundays Similar type wide receiver here, a big frame guy, a guy who's going to compete. When you look at the wide receiver position, I would say the first five spots are solidified, but you have a guy who will come in here, compete for one of those final spots on the roster one of those final wide receiver spots as the colts go wide receiver adding depth and that's what you do in these late rounds in the fifth and the sixth and the seventh you add guys who could come in compete for backup spots play special teams and try to prove that they belong on your roster as the colts select mike strawn wide receiver out of charleston in the seventh round
0: this is where you this is where you take a risk and they, they this kid is extremely raw, but he is six foot five, two hundred and twenty eight pounds, and runs four four six. And he had nineteen touchdowns in his last year that he played. I think was two thousand nineteen. They didn't play because of the pandemic last year. So this guy, and when you watch him on, it's like watching a giant among children. It's unbelievable. Obviously, the talent he's playing against isn't great. It's Division two, but. I mean, he's something to watch, man. And, and you really – you don't have anything to lose, and you got everything to gain. This guy, I mean, he just – he's so big and so fast. I just think you had to take a shot on him. He's an outside receiver, vertical threat. He's definitely somebody that can get open with his speed, and he's got the body to kind of body people and box them out, go get the ball tracks the ball well, does a lot of really good things for a young player or for a wide receiver that size. So I'm really excited to see him too. This is probably going to be one of those guys that's either hit or like it's either a big time hit or a big time miss because he's so raw and he doesn't he's never played at the competition level anywhere even close to NFL caliber. So it'll be interesting to see how he adjusts to that. Cause it's definitely going to be an adjustment going from a division to school to the NFL, but his athletic ability and his traits are off the, just off the charts for somebody his size.
1: Yeah, and I feel like Ballard does this every year. He likes to take some random guy that most people has never heard of, whether it be an FCS guy or a division two guy we saw it with EJ speed coming out. I think of a division three school we saw it with Grover Stewart, who was an absolute home run pick out of an FCS school that nobody really ever heard of Grover Stewart coming out of Albany state. So Ballard likes to do this. And it also, I think it shows the depth of our scouting department and how we really go to that next level. And we scout the division twos, we scout the division threes and we don't let guys fall through the cracks. And like you said, low risk, high reward he's either going to be great or be nothing but the beauty of it in the seventh round is you could hit an absolute home run or you could strike out if you'll strike out in the seventh round it's not that big of a deal it's not like taking an all or nothing in the first round or an all or nothing in the second round when you really need to hit on those premier picks in the seventh round if it's a home run or nothing if you miss it's a seventh round pick it's not going to make or break you which is the beauty of taking a home run swing in the seventh round, in my opinion, as we get into the positives and you kind of already did the positives and negatives. on um, Mike like strong.
0: Yeah. I just wanted to mention the Colts do their due diligence, man. They had their area scout go down. He, he, he actually worked out at the West Virginia a pro day strong did and they had their, their area scout down there. And he said, he, he, he just dominated everything he did. And um, that just, I mean, he, he's, He's definitely NFL built. He's got an NFL body. He's got all the traits you want in an NFL player. It's just he's raw and he hasn't had the experience of playing against guys that are near, you know, as talented or more talented than him. He's always been a guy that's dominated. I mean, and even. Look, nineteen touchdowns in a season, I don't care where you're playing, is pretty impressive. So it, it,
1: it makes you wonder, right? How a school like West Virginia doesn't scoop this guy up, especially when his school didn't even play last year. It's yeah. surprising that a bigger school in the area like West Virginia didn't offer him to come over, give him that full ride on that you know, that final year of eligibility to come in nineteen touchdowns. I mean, that's pretty impressive despite the competition level or lack thereof
0: yeah he's got he's got really good ball skills man uh solid hands size mismatch obviously i mean against any corner really six five he can jump high points the ball well like we just talked about i mean the production's off the charts like he's he'll be right off the jump if he you know if he gets on the field you'll see he's a major vertical threat whether it be down the seam or be on the outside and he can track the ball, man. He's really got great eyes and, and great hands for a big guy. Like the, It's not easy for a big guy with all those limbs moving when you're running full speed to track a ball and see it into your hands. He's very good at that. And uh, I'm excited to see – I mean, I'm excited to see all these young guys. I say that every year, but I, it's, just, it's exciting for me because I know Chris Ballard knows what he's doing. And just because I haven't seen a lot of this kid – I just want to see what he actually looks like out there with NFL players. So I'm excited for that as far as just me personally. And when you get into the negatives, obviously there's going to be a lot of negatives. We're talking about seventh round player here. Um, His route running isn't great. Not great. He's just not very good. As big as he is, as strong as he is. He is not a good blocker in the run game. That's something he's going to have to get better at to play for the Colts. You have to be able to block. I know a lot of people think blocking is overrated for receivers, not in Indianapolis. They've all got to block, and it's all all important. you got to do it. And so he's got to get better at that, especially with the size he has. I mean, 6'5", 228, and he's he's built, and he should be able to block. And so I think it's more of a one-two technique thing. He's got to improve it. But he, I think if he's coached properly, that can that can improve. Obviously, he couldn't do anything about the competition he played, but he didn't play against very good competition, pretty inferior competition. Needs to improve his short and intermediate route running. That's what I talked about earlier when I said his route running need to be improved. Uh, more short, intermediate stuff. He's good with the vertical stuff, um, but the short and intermediate stuff is are, are definitely routes that he needs to work on and get better at. And like I said, he's just raw in every—he's raw every possible way you could imagine. Just an extremely raw player, and it's going to take some patience from from our fan base, which is not any fan base's strong suit. But I really think you know this kid could turn out to be something special. I really think that. I mean, he's six—I mean, six five four four six nine. So he's got the athletic traits. He's got the production. It's a matter of him adjusting to the NFL level of competition and the NFL level of talent. If he can do that, man, I think this kid could be something. I mean, I really do. And, and the more I read about it, the more I like it, the more I watch him, the more I like him. So we'll see what happens. But I, another pick, I get it. I understand it. It's low risk, but it's real high reward.
1: No question. And that'll be the Desmond Patman competition square up because in training camp in the preseason, that's probably going to be the spot that's up for grabs. And like the quarterbacks, you have, I would say a leg up for Patman. Well, for a couple of reasons, one because he played much higher competition in the pac 12 in college. So he has that going for him. And then also he has last year in the system, able to pick the brain of T Y Hilton to be able to, You know, even just wait, watch the way the offense works, the quarterbacks work. Watch, you know, go up against NFL. So, talk about the competition at the Pac-12. Well, last year he was going up against NFL corners in practice every day, which is an advantage for him. And being in the right offense and having just all those things that go with being a pro. So, he has that advantage. But physically and speed-wise, all those natural abilities you're going to give this kid – that advantage so that should be a fun one to watch as well with these later round picks we have some good camp battles ahead of us with guys drafted in the later rounds last year and guys drafted in the later rounds this year
0: yeah and, and i'll say this i don't expect this kid to make the roster the 53 man roster out the gate i think he's a practice squad guy and it would be great if we could somehow stash him on the practice squad for a year and get him like a red shirt year you know and and because I, I think the first year for this kid is probably going to be the biggest change that he's seen athletically. And I think that's going to be overwhelming. I, I could only imagine going from a Division II school, you know, not even playing against guys like, you know, uh, in the Big 12 or in major conference. And then just jumping straight to the NFL. I, I mean, yeah, that's
1: that's a big jump. That's
0: a, huge, that's a big jump. I so,
1: think a lot of it's going to boil down, Jason, to are they afraid to lose this player? Are they afraid because you could say the same thing about EJ speed. Most people did not think he was going to make the roster. They were terrified of losing that freak of nature type athlete. And then even last year with Desmond Patman, he obviously was never ready to play. That's why he never played, but they never released him. So they would bring up a guy like that small slot receiver, Michael Harris. They would bring him up. When Ty got hurt, and then they would have no problem cutting him and letting him get back to the practice squad. They were never worried about somebody else coming in and swooping him up. But even though he would be elevated to the pra- elevated to the fifty three man and play over Patman, they would cut him before Patman because last year they were afraid of losing Patman. So you could see a similar thing here if you were to beat him out for the job. That's
0: true. Very good point. You know, and and he certainly has things that. You know, a guy like DeMichael Harris doesn't have. He's got six five. He's got two He's four, you know, four four five. So you got a you got a good point. I just I was just saying I think that's what's going to happen. But you're right. It, it could completely be the same scenario that we went through with Patman with, with with this kid. So either way, though, I like the competition. I think that in the long run, these are the kind of picks you make in the seventh round. Yep. Like it's either hit or miss. You know what I mean? It mm-hmm. but but you make the pick.
1: And if you miss so, you are missing the seventh round again. So exactly you're, yeah. you could afford the low risk because you're not wasting a first round pick on a complete lottery right. ticket of a player.
0: A hundred percent, man. Couldn't agree more.
1: And we got one pick to go, Jason. So we will get to that next time on the For the Culture Podcast, our final player profile. Of course, we also still have our undrafted free agents coming up. Do any of those guys have a chance to make the 53-man roster? It's going to get harder and harder and harder each and every year because Ballard has so much talent on this roster. It's going to be hard enough for the guys who got drafted to make this roster in the later rounds, of course, let alone the undrafted free agents. But we'll get to that our final draft grade we only graded our first two picks on the player profiles so we'll give our complete draft grade on all these guys and that'll also be coming up this week in our post draft coverage of the colts 2021 nfl draft which is now complete after day three that's my man jason spears i'm your host luke diamond we got one more of these things to go guys so keep it locked right here on the for the culture podcast